Welcome to the fourth episode of It's Been Hot Lately. This episode is divided into two parts. You're listening to part one. The episode was recorded during Victoria's second lockdown and when the state was going through stage four restrictions. It must be hard, today being January the 11th, 2021, to cast your mind back to what life was like during that time. Well, it might not be hard to imagine at all because a few days after recording that introduction, Victoria went into a snap lockdown. It might be safe to say that the only certainty now is uncertainty. But back to the introduction and to the episode. And in some ways, this episode, indeed, maybe this entire podcast, is like a time capsule of life before, during, and immediately after the lockdowns. In it, you'll find conversations and reflections about what people were thinking, feeling, and doing during this once-in-a-lifetime events. In this particular episode, I spoke to my long-term friend, Liz Raff. Liz and I are young mums, young working mums with two children. I wanted to chat to Liz about the many significant befores and after we've lived through, mainly the before and after having children, and then the before and after the pandemic. I also wanted to chat to her about the tough balance of both motherhood and selfhood and how that is either complicated or strangely made easier by the pandemic. This episode is our reflections, our vulnerabilities, our strength, our attempts at doing better and being better, and above all, our own attempts to reach for joy, calm, and peace in our lives. We've talked about these things in some ways, like being, you know, mums and if, even before COVID, like that balancing of being mum like, was already hard. Mm. Yeah. Put yep. COVID into it and I don't know what that like, it, it moves like another dimension of, it's a completely another degree of difficulty, isn't it? Totally. I think like for me, there was a big difference between the first lockdown and the second lockdown. And I found that, um, like I worked my normal 30 something hours a week in the first lockdown and Gav also stash worked his, his normal hours and the kids were homeschooling or attempting to. And by the end of that, I felt like I had been dug out. I felt like there was nothing left of me that, it was really confronting, like not confronting. It was just, I felt like there was nothing left of any aspects of who I was or my identity, except to keep my work going and my kids going. And obviously the household, you know, going. And it was so, it was such an awful feeling. It actually triggered this huge, once lockdown ended, it triggered this huge, um, first of all, resentment and anger. I just wanted to escape from my family so much you know and then but I couldn't do that right we, we can't we can't do that and so I tried to turn that into something constructive and I kind of broke down what are the things I used to do and this is before the things before COVID it was like COVID took push me in an extreme um place that I probably had been coming to as a mum of young children anyway 
And yeah. so it pushed me to this point where I felt empty, totally empty and void. And I was so determined to find out what are the things that I loved? Who was I when I was 25? Like, I'm not the same person, obviously, and I don't want to be. But what are the things about my identity that I have needed to push aside, but then actually ultimately lost or, you know, not, not recognised? And so that period between lockdown was actually quite exciting. I wrote a lot and I thought about the things that I loved in my life that made me feel happy and made me feel like me, independent of whether I was a mum or not. So there was a couple of things. There was creativity, spontaneity, and um, there was something else that I had. I can't remember. They were the two, right? And they were the two things I wanted to get find in myself again. And so I really focused on where in my life could I find those like in the life I have instead of like running away to to be in the circus or something like that, what could I, where could I find those things? Yeah. You know, and, and in a way that really set me up, we didn't see second lockdown coming, did we? No, nobody saw that. Yeah. When it came, I, I was set up better in that way because I knew by that point that um, for example, I knew music and listening to music and the power of that again and writing and appreciating creativity in different ways. Like I've started taking photos. And so that's become mm-hmm. a huge part of something that I do that makes me, it sort of t- taps into those parts of myself. So they've, they've kind get- of kept me through, you know, not, not, an, not enough, but it was interesting that I was almost lucky to go so, to feel so low at the end of lockdown, find a way to claw back so that by second lockdown, I was like, okay, these are the parts of myself I know make me feel good about who I am. If that, if that I do mean, I thought what you said about, you know, um, like the first lockdown kind of taking you where you, you were going anyway, in terms of, yeah. but I think that's, that really resonated with me too. Like you, I was already, you know, I was already on a path of collapsing at some point. You know, I was yeah. running around and doing this and that. And, and you know, so, and, and all of those things, as much as they were fulfilling in their own way and made me feel as if my life was productive, I don't recall a lot of moments of joy in it, you know, like a lot of yeah. like real joy, you know, and... Um, yeah. And I think that going through the, f- the first lockdown and then the second lockdown and just having to be forced to sit with yourself as well, you know, like, um, yeah. and, and, and you just can't sort of walk out and go and hang out with somebody or you, you just are with yourself, like you're with your family and your kids and your surrounding, but it's still, it's still so confined that, I've had to deal with myself and the silences that are filled by a lot of things. And it, it yeah. really did force me again to go back and ask myself, what actually makes me happy? Yeah. And what, and what is this silence trying to tell me? And I was actively trying to stop myself from, you know, going online and doing something because I realized I began to pay attention to that when I had that moment of boredom or that moment of what do I feel this little minute with? Cause my time had always been so packed that I wanted to feel it. I wanted to feel, find something to feel and I had to force myself yeah. down and get into the pace of what this slow time, this slow pace that the, 
pandemic as for as false. And I do really, really think that had did not happen. Yeah. It's a good chance that by the end of this year I would have been completely burned out. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I feel like I would have, yeah, I would have worked yeah. myself to, 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 to the core and to the to the burn and 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 left, you know, and left very, very little you know, very little, because even before, even before the first lockdown, I was already feeling as if my tank was yeah. getting empty. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, it's not that everything about it has been good. I mean, I think like it's also been the hardest time like, looking after kids and trying to work from home. Um, I don't, you know, it's just, it's hard go outside, not being able to catch up with friends, not being able to, you know, things that were so simple. And now it's beginning, especially with the second lockdown, it's beginning to feel like such a long time. Like, yeah, (laughs) like such, like it's been a very, very long, long time. And an aspect of that has been for me, you know, trying to, to sort of this, this, this sense of loneliness too. You know, mm. yeah. As a single mom, you know, yeah. I can read, I can sort of watch TV, call people, but I, I also just felt a lot of my life outside is also gone. And as much as I can understand the benefit of it in terms of allowing me to slow down, it yeah. also really feels very lonely. Totally. Yeah. I think it's interesting. There's a couple of things that you said that really resonate stuff I've been thinking about but the loneliness aspect has actually surprised me you know and I'm in a relationship and and a good you know a really strong relationship and yet I feel like because by because Stash and and I my partner and I we're still also operating in survival mode that it it has like we're a very good team and we've since the beginning we've tried to we've been very communicative about how to arrange time and looking after the kids and you know that that divide of duties and yet because of the state we're all in and I think after this amount of lockdown I think our brains are in a different state I think that chronic stress you know has changed our abilities our brains are just in a survival mode I I still feel there is a sense of loneliness too, or there's a sense that even within your own family unit, if that's what you've got 24 seven, none of us, no one's their best selves right now. (laughs) I, when I do, you know, have a chat with a friend or I go for a walk with someone outside that family unit, I feel a totally different sense of connection than I used to. I'm so grateful for it. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and so I, my experience is very obviously very different to yours and I'm not trying to compare loneliness with loneliness, but I think there is that lack of social connection and not in a way that I would have expected. I feel like I'm in my own head a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I think you have to spend a lot of time in your own head because that's that's the only that is sort of remaining unlimited freedom. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and you so, know what I've you know what I've noticed recently, Nidal, is like the part of your brain or the part of my brain that um, can connect into a, a space of more conceptual thinking or imagination 
like the first lockdown, I was very philosophical about it and I could see meaning and I could make connections around it that were bigger and, Mm. you know, more positive and optimistic and more philosophical perhaps than what was happening on the everyday, right? But this, by this point in lockdown, I feel like I have no, I can't, my imagination is gone. That part of my brain that is free to think, you know, more conceptually is not really, it's like it's dormant and my brain is totally just functioning on the next hour, the next day, that very practical grounded stuff. I think part of the reaction that I also had, which was similar to the first lockdown, the philosophical take of it was part of it was because I, I think I had reacted to it that it was going to stop. Like I had, I had the (laughs) end point in my head that I randomly selected um, it was like by September, I'll be back at work, you know, would I figure this out? And I think it allows you to be very philosophical and that allows you to, and then, you know, you go into the next stretch that m- many of us didn't, didn't see until the numbers that it's going really high, of course. And then yeah. practical life, you know, it's waking up every day and doing the basic and getting the kids ready and cooking and yeah. to your desk and trying to get yeah. And a lot of it is not philosophical and it's not joyful and it's not necessarily meaningful, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <just> yeah. totally. <laughs> like washing dishes, nothing yes. about it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think Absolutely. it's sort of balancing those two, the, those two worlds, um, accepting that they are part of it that is going to allow you to sink into yourself give you the silent space to be with yourself more. And that's going to have some philosophical and self-understanding and self-reflective aspect of it. And then life sort of goes on and the mundane goes on and the mundane mm. draining and exhausting and the kids yeah. crying. That, that is it. I, I, we're at, the be- at the beginning of second lockdown, oh, after about two weeks of second lockdown, I felt like, okay, I've, I've had this experience of who am I, what's my, what the I, part of my identity have I lost? What do I want to regain? What do I want to celebrate and focus on? Okay. That bit's, that's, that's there. That's done for now. My role that I have to carry it, the fact that I've, I'm a parent and I've got kids and a partner is I have my role, my biggest job and my most empowered work now is to keep my family well, you know, to, to keep well myself and to keep my family well. And, and I had these um, like words in my head that the only approach, my guiding kind of principles would be kindness and compassion, kindness mm. and compassion, kindness and compassion. So when the kids are not doing their schoolwork or when my, you know, when my partner and I, you know, at each other because one person got an hour more work than the other or something like that, mm. I just kept thinking, this is stressful enough. And the, biggest thing I can do is take this role kind of seriously does that make sense like yeah be be and I guess the danger of that is putting putting your needs last you know and I don't think that's a good thing but it almost felt like it's simple it is simple I have to because my saw my kids especially Evie suffer quite badly towards the end of the first lockdown she wouldn't go outside she kind of, she'd just lie in a beanbag for hours and stare out the window. She lost all her desire to create things or, you know. She's so very, I kind of she's, felt, she's active and, 
really yeah so this time I've just gone right yeah what are the important things and it's not to say I'm achieving that every day like I'm absolutely but isn't that the, the parent I want to be but I think that's the that's the challenge I found and maybe and I, and I think it's something that I'm now understanding is has always been there it's like almost it's a constant recommitment to the things that you want to do well like you can acknowledge that I want to be better for my kids and for my partner and then you will realize you know after a really tough time and work is not moving and the kids are in your ear and things are not happening that you lose sight of that and then you have to recommit again and I think sometimes you punish yourself for failing um, instead of just saying I've made a mistake now I need to recommit to those things again and try again and again it's probably going to fail and you're going to keep trying again and I think that's what I was when I was thinking through what this pandemic what I will take out of it is to be more forgiving of myself and more yeah to myself and 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 not giving up on those things that I want to be better at because I keep failing at them and just yes. saying okay now I fail I'm going to recommit again you know like and yeah. I try to do that with my, you know, my kids, because I feel that it, it gets really, for me, you know, it's a, it's a single parent and you're at home and you're trying to earn an income and all the other stuff and cook and get them ready. And I, I would sort of beat myself, you know, up for the little things that, oh, I didn't, we didn't read today. You know, I hired them to bed today. Um, you know, I wasn't gentle to, to a yet, you know, I should have put my phone down or uh, put my, uh, stop writing that email and responded to her. Um, I am not a present parent. <laughs> like there's a mm, oh. things that yes to all of those. I just have to come and yeah. recommit myself again. You say, okay, I failed. I I don't feel that I did a good job at it, but I'm recommitting to doing it again and again and again and again. Um, and yeah. the, the worry is that <laughs> I don't think we can ever perfect living. You know, it's just yes. a constant exercise of no. totally. I, I think that's so, I'm so used in my life to um, either identifying a problem or an improvement and being able, having the capacity and the skills to improve that, you know, like I, I'm not very good at this thing at work and so I'll just work harder and practice it and then I'll get it. Or, gee, I learned that mistake about parenting. I won't do that again. Yeah. And when, this, when the external factors, being the pandemic and being in lockdown, when those things continue on and on and on, actually, you might just not be able to get permanently better at that thing. I think yeah. you're absolutely right. Just that idea of recommitting every day. I've still got the thing I want to be better at. I still want to parent in this particular way. Yeah. Didn't get there yesterday. I might get there for two hours today and then the rest might be a bit of a basket case. But, you know, I like that, that idea that you're forgiving, you're not only forgiving yourself, but you're giving yourself that next little action. Like yeah, just doing yeah, it again, just doing it again. Yeah. You know, not giving up on it because I, I think, I mean, I think in some way the pandemic is a little bit like parenting, <laughs> you know, in, <laughs> to like, to like disrupt everything you thought you knew so well, you know? Yep. Totally. <laughs> Maybe totally. it's not the best thing to compare, but I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, the ability of it to challenge so many core aspects of who you are, what you think you're competent in, you know, yeah. what you think that you can achieve in the next few days, how 
what sort of control internally you have of yourself. You know, you yes. Oh my God. Every day I wake up, every day I wake up and I'm determined to have peaceful day, no shouting, no yelling, patience, you know, every day I fail on some level in in that. Yeah. You know, I definitely do. And And even like I I did today, today I woke woke up and I had all these things that I was going to tick off. I was going to work. I was going to write. I was going to do this. And I barely got anything done, you know, like, yeah. And yeah, pretty much. I think the only thing I did was draft an email. And, and, yeah. and, and that, that was it. Um, but you kept two humans alive. So, But that's the question, isn't it? Because I feel like, sorry, I just cut you off, but because hmm. you got to the point of before when things pick up, because I think the lockdowns have given us a different perspective and given us another experience of, of living. And there's so many... After first lockdown, I thought it was more pronounced than this one. The first lockdown, I didn't speak to a single person who wanted to go back to their life the way that it was. Mm-hmm. I think this second lockdown, there's another aspect to it which feels really tough. But what, what I wonder is the gears of capitalism and commerce and progress are still turning and we only have to look to Europe or the US to see you know, the economy driving everything. And so as much as, you know, it's like when you go on holiday and you come back and you're like, right, I really, I feel really I've got perspective now and I'm not going to overdo things. I'm going to have boundaries and say no. But the machine that we step back into still yeah. seems to be turning and churning at a really rapid pace. Yeah. And I so wonder true. whether it becomes an act of defiance at some point yeah. to say, I lived this and I experienced this and I'm not changing from this. But I might have to give up certain things or I might, you know, I'm not sure. I feel like that might be challenging. I think I actually agree. I think that, you know, it's really easy to think forward now because you're not there and be like, okay, I'm not going to do as much. And I agree with you. I totally agree with you that, you know, people, my assumption is that three weeks into, say, restriction being lifted, people are going to slide back into the very same life. Not even people, probably myself. And, and I, and I think that I'm quite aware of that and I'm quite trying to actively <laughs> plan again. Yeah. Because I think, yes, a lot of it is structural in that we live in a very capitalist society, you know, the, and, and a very extrovert society, you know, mm. a lot of performance is outward. And, um, and so, you know, that's just life now. That's the pace yeah. of life. And you know, I do think that if, 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 if things get to normal, that you get back into that stage, you get back into that rush. But for me, what I'm trying to actively do is to not go back there because I also can see truly the stark difference, you know, between like the life I was leading and the life I have now, like it it just was really stressful. Yes. And I had given it meaning uh, and it was it was productive so it was okay i do remember having that conversation with you i do remember you articulating what drove you and it was very strong and very real but the only if that was ever going to change the only person that was going to change that was you deciding that that was no longer what was going to drive you yeah that was not, I, no longer going to be your self-worth and your but proof. do you remember the conversation we had i think i was kind of having this really enlightened moment <laughs> and, I, and I remember we were having a conversation and it, I think it might have been um, Melbourne Central 
that uh, the Japanese shop where you get like the yeah. food. What is it yeah. called? Um, it's not um, Don. Don. I think it's still Don something. Yeah. Don Don. Is it Don Don? I think it is Don Don. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. never went Don Don, and and I remember I remember you remember asking me why did I choose to do a particular thing, and I said because I was afraid. And I, you know, yeah. that conversation, and you and you yep. asked me because so why would you do anything because you're afraid? Like. Yeah. I, I thought it was a really, you know, amazing thing to do, challenging yourself and throwing the deep end and, you know, and there's so much growth in it. And, and I, now I look back and I think, yeah, but it's also just also really crazy. Like, <laughs> why scare yourself all the time? Like these other ways yeah. of like learning and growth that doesn't require you to be on the edge, you know? And yes. I think yeah. maybe this, this lockdown has done that. And I feel like when I compare it to the kids, I think the two things that has really slowed me down has been the lockdown and having children. Like yeah. it's, it's yeah. one of those things that just put a halt and requires you to be different because yeah. what else can you do? Like you can't fight it. Have so, you ever thought about the difference between like doing enough and being enough? Like know, that... So this is something I've been thinking about. I remember someone said it to me a really long time ago, but I've been thinking about it recently in, in this time of, like, we can, I, I definitely would seek self-worth and validation that I was a good person from how much I could do, you know, and how much I could help. And, you know, all these being really active, I suppose. And mm. instead of having some confidence in just the being, like my kids mm. don't need me to do a whole lot for them to feel safe and loved. They yeah. just kind of need me to be some, a particular, you know, be who I am and, and be their mum and be, and I think that idea of like, you don't have to just being is enough in these moments, yeah. in these times, but that can be confronting too, right? That's where we find the destruction of, but I need to do, cause I just, I don't know if I want to look at who I am. Maybe that's not enough, but if I keep doing, then I'm ticking boxes. Yeah, if I keep and also, clean, like, if know, I can... what is, like, the challenge about being, like, just being who you are also really leads you to question the things that you are doing, right? So, like, should I really be this? And should I really be doing that? And should I... And then where does it lead you? It might also lead you to say, oh, this is the thing that gives me joy when I do it. But then, yeah. practical question, can that pay your bills? Can that... Yes. Like, you know, like, God, totally. You know? So it's like, yeah. like, what is what is the realistic extent to which you can be and yeah. survive in a world that is structured quite differently and which yeah. our value by our ability to perform and earn and, and our output. Yes. And it's tough balance. And then I think when you add children onto it and then you add a pandemic into it, it's a volcano of yeah. you can't really, it becomes really hard to figure out Someone said, when I was, um, after the first lockdown and, and I said to you, one of the things, the biggest thing that I realised that I'd missed was being and doing creative things. You know, I used to work in a creative industry and yeah. surrounded in the creative world, you know, and then I guess moving into a corporate industry, I felt like I suddenly just missed being in a creative industry. But what I... I, I felt at that stage, well, I'm just going to have to quit my job and do something creative. And it's like really in a pandemic where every person working in the creative industries has lost their job, you think, you know, you just got to walk into something like, but yeah. also 
what would that look like and what would that what would that be and what do I mean when I say I want to work I want to be creative again and I started that's when I realized and I think having kids helped that was you can live a like the act of living can be a creative thing and it can be mm -hmm. appreciating the change of seasons and the colors and showing your kids that and in, you know helping them see the creativity around us in life and then being a part of it and and it was, I suddenly felt that pressure to, again, it's that thing about being versus doing. I didn't have to go and do something to feel like I could connect in with creating. Yeah. I didn't have to go and join, like drop, quit my job and go and find another job. I didn't even have to go and do like a painting course or a writing course. It, those things weren't available anyway because we're all in lockdown. Yeah. But it was simply tuning into the life that I do have and where are those opportunities to enhance, to notice and enhance yeah. the things I've, that did I've felt that joy. I have um, that, that, that tuning in and um, I think um, that stepping in deeper to yourself. I, I do feel that I have begun to notice more things yeah. in, life, in, in life and around. Um, I go for morning walks now. You know, like I take the kids to childcare um, and then I go for morning walks. I've never gone for morning walks, never. <laughs> you know, it was... And is it the walk or is it the being outside? Is it the light, the sun? Is it all no, of those think, things that you like? It's just like, it? you know, the, I don't know. I think maybe I could like, the way I could explain it is to like read you something I wrote, I wrote about yeah, it. Yeah, please. Um, I'd love to. And because, you know, I do think that in, a, in so many ways that I would have never even known the joy of walking in the bright, beautiful uh, morning sun, you know, because yeah. like, even when you're walking, you know, from work, it's like you're rushing to grab a coffee so that you can yeah. go back to your desk, you know, and keep going away. Yeah. And here you're just walking for about yeah. 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. Oh, perfect. What and a great way to start your day, like as opposed to the getting up at 6 a.m., dropping the kids off by 7 a.m., jumping on the tram, jumping yeah. on the train. Like what a comparison that that is the start of your existence every day versus what you're doing now. Like, I know. Yeah. How much better off are you? Exactly. It's incredible, and then isn't it? There, go to work, sit on my desk, work, 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 about one o'clock. Yeah get out of there, go for a run, you know, trying to just fit everything in, come back, work, look at your clock, it's almost four o'clock, time to get up, go pick the kids up, you know, yeah. kids up, get home, give them a bath, put the food there, get them to eat, put them to bed, before everything is done, it's about nine, ten o'clock, and yeah. you can't even sleep. <laughs> yes, I just, that's what I can't go back to. I, I don't know how I'm going to mediate this when the time comes that we can go back to offices and stuff, but I can't go back. I feel like what has the point of all of this been <laughs> if yeah. I'm just going to go back to that life and, and, and don't, you know, you and I, we're, we've got in a lot of ways lives that tick a lot of boxes in that way that we've got jobs that have meaning and we've got healthy children yeah. and, you know, but actually the way that you just set that out of what your day looks like and it makes me feel nauseous because I know that's what my day was like as well and I don't I don't consider that to be a, yeah. I mean privilege right to be able to say I don't I choose I don't I choose not to live like that I get that 
that's a that's a massive privilege to be able to think even that you can have a choice but i feel like i it would be letting myself down <laughs> to just go back to that exact same rat race type existence and that's what i'm trying and i think that's the like for me that's the lesson i've taken from this pandemic is there is as much meaning and productivity in a slow, thoughtful life, you know, yeah. as, as yeah. much, if not more, than the yeah. rest. And yes, there is, there is a level of privilege that you can even think that because some people work manual jobs and they can't quit and all that. Mm. Um, but I also feel like it would be, like I agree with you, I think it would be such a shame to go back to that life. Yeah. And, and, and I hope that the, 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 what this has done is that if, if I was to go back and do that, that I would have a realistic concept of what it was like, you know, like yeah. there now exists a space in my head that knows that that doesn't have to be the way. Yes. I think that that space is always going to be able to drag me back a little to a center of some sort, you know, Definitely. If I go um, too far into it. But yeah. so this is what I wrote. The other yeah. day. Yeah, please. Uh, mm. As my world slowed down, I've had the time to take morning walks. After a few turns around the park, passing trees, paying attention to the sun rays resting on the leaf or on my skin, hearing the wind whisper by, I sometimes sit down to meditate. In the silence of meditation, I sometimes practice being grateful a slow count of my blessing. Today I was grateful for the freedom to choose how to spend my time, the freedom of morning walks in the gentle spring sun, the freedom to work a job I want, the freedom to just sit still. This all would have sounded silly in January. Then everything was happening on the background that tomorrow was guaranteed. It never was. In many ways, yesterday was never guaranteed either for many people who had to face the random chaos of chance. So this during the kidnapping of a person I knew, forcefully disappeared by his own government. It was later discovered he was murdered. He was a human rights lawyer. It was also there in the arrest of another person going about his day as he was boarding a plane to his life commitments. He was taken from the airport to prison spending years in jail. He was deprived of his family, his children, his wife, and his ability to employ his talents for the cause he was passionate about. He survived only by escaping from his own country. Then it was also there in the life of a young man, a journalist committed to telling stories we are not supposed to turn a blind eye. He was killed far from home. His remains returned to his parents without the dignity of any explanations. These are stories of things that should have never happened. They happened. On their own, these stories leave only heartbreak behind. They also tell us about the unique chance we have, which is today, about the little freedoms we enjoy, the freedom to walk, to use our talents as we wish, to have this life, this breath, right now. I love that, Nardo. I love that. Yeah. I like how you take 
something that's so, um, you describe something that starts off so small and so present literally to your own body, the wind, you know, the, the, the sky, the air, and you kind of take that, you took me to a place, to countries far away, to situations far bigger than me, and then you kind of brought it back and that same idea yeah. of freedom and appreciating freedom and that's a beautiful piece of writing. Really Thank you. Beautiful.